Hello and welcome to The Fast Podcast, a place where we aim to break down stigmas around mental health one conversation at a time. I'm G Atkinson and each episode I'll be joined by a special guest. We'll tell stories, ask questions and speak openly about the experiences we've had. We're The Fast Movement and together we're fighting against suicidal thoughts. Hello and welcome to the Fast Podcast. Uh, today I am joined by a very special, special guest who's Adam Cara, who happens to be my boss. I'm very grateful that he said that he'd do this today. Let me uh, ask him lots of questions about life because uh, we often have many interesting, motivational and very inspiring conversations. So I know that today is going to definitely be one of them so Adam if you want to introduce yourself maybe just tell us a little bit about who you are yeah so, no, I'm trying to think when were those inspiring conversations were they in the pub or were they <laughs> I wasn't gonna add that bit straight uh, away but the majority yeah. of the time it's in the pub but yeah. that's when our uh, motivation and inspirational conversations take place less inspiring in the office but <laughs> yeah well like you say introduce myself bit of a strange one I, I guess um um for, for the way that most people would define it I'm an entrepreneur I start businesses I, I like marketing I like to yeah I like to start things you know have an idea and put it into practice see if it goes somewhere and that pretty much defines me normal guy 36 soon to be 37 got a wife two kids live in Cheshire loads of other boring stuff about me but you for some reason think I'm interesting so here I am <laughs> I just find your I, well, I think somebody asked me the other week what something about you, like, oh, how do you describe Adam? And I said, oh, he's got a good brain. But then I <laughs> yeah. don't think he took that as a... I meant it in the most inspiring way possible. But I think it was... one of the Well, the first time I met you, it was kind of just a discussion, a random discussion about, like, a marketing campaign, for example. And mm. it was just a way that you kind of put yourself in consumer's shoes and... I don't know, just the logic behind your thought process and things, I guess, is a bit more... Well, it's an entrepreneur style of thinking, so that's kind of what fascinates Mm. me about A, working with you, and B, seeing how you work. Well, I'll tell you what, it was only about a couple of years ago somebody said to me something, as like a little off-the-cuff comment, they just said... I definitely turned that off. This often happens (laughs) when Adam's computer just goes makes all these random noises. I definitely turned it off. <laughs> I'm going to have to let off the plug or something. <laughs> yeah, something really weird. Like About a, cu- a couple of years ago, somebody said something, just as an off-the-cuff comment, that to them, like they said it as though I should have agreed and understood, and I was like, what are you even on about? And they said to me, like, oh, I like doing this for you because you think so differently. And, I, and I was like, I don't think differently. I don't, it didn't even compute. And then after that person said it, I started spotting a few other people saying it, like, oh, you think so differently. And I started really realising that I do. And I started questioning the way I think and realising... I mean, to me, it's simple stuff that I do naturally, but I do spot that in other people, they don't do it now. Um, It doesn't come natural to them. So what the weird thing was, you know, like I said, I'm nearly 37, so this was just before age 30... Well, probably I was about 35 when I realised I do think differently to other people. It's a bit like when somebody who's probably kind of had visual impairment all their life and then they all of a sudden try on a pair of glasses and realise, oh my God, there's a whole new world out there. It it was like, I didn't, I never really thought of it as thinking differently, obviously, because you, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, that's quite interesting that it wasn't something that you've always known, like, right, okay, I, I think this way and not normal no, not saying I say not normal. <laughs> You're yeah. definitely normal, but you know what I mean. Like that—that's not your standard kind of way of thinking, business-wise. Or well, at the end of the day, like you mentor people because you're able to help them in a way that they aren't able to help themselves because they don't know that information. So yeah, and I think maybe that's maybe that's a big part of it actually because when I mentor someone I don't try and give them the answers I try and show them a way of thinking so that they can come up with the answers and I think that's what I've always tried to do I've been part of maybe courses or classes or I've studied things and I've noticed the people next to me are trying to get the answers whereas I'm trying to get a way of thinking so over the years I guess I have more if I've learned anything I've learned different ways of approaching problems different ways of thinking about things and actually that's kind of like the the gift that 
keeps on giving it's a bit like it's an exponential way of developing yourself so things like learning how to learn so if you need to learn something you can learn that quicker whereas if somebody just learns the thing you only kind of get that one bit of knowledge whereas learning how to learn you then learn how to access an infinite amount of knowledge so it's it's, it's small differences that actually make a massive and I think I've definitely taken on board the fact that you, you whenever we're kind of faced with a little problem or like the, there is a problem that we need to solve or whatever it's it's never oh gosh what are we going to do or you know it's never like we're caught up on a problem it's always like right okay well what's the solution to yeah. it and I can imagine a lot of people you know whether that is a business or just their everyday life if they're faced with a problem or something that's gone wrong that massively like then holds them back and is the obstacle in the way rather than being like right okay what are we going to do to solve this I think I think I've always had that nature about me but also just been doing this for so long now you know I've been in business for 10 years and before that I was in roles which was more or less running a business and you kind of do you do develop certain resilience you develop a certain sort of attitude of problem solving and that's one of the things as well that frustrates me that sometimes people say oh you're very creative it's like I'm not or they say you're very positive and I was like I'm not I'm just a problem solver so actually it seems positive because I'm thinking of the pragmatic solution but actually I'm quite negative about a lot of things or actually I'm not creative I'm not an artist I wouldn't do something creative for the sake of it I'll do something that's like a creative problem solving so it is just about being pragmatic being practical being a problem solver and that is I think like the entrepreneurial way like say you could be creative where you're an artist or you could be someone who's positive where you're a positive person but in terms of business for me it's about this problem solver that's that's pretty much the the crux of the day job really so how would you describe your life as an entrepreneur is it something that you enjoy is it something that like did you always want to start your own business or was it something that you kind of decided once you'd got onto the your career path or was it always embedded in you from a young age right I want to have my own business I think the I think the truth is I, I think I I felt poor growing up I felt like we didn't have the things that I wanted or money was something that I didn't really have access to so I sort of grew up with ambition and, and a desire that one day I'll be rich one day I'll be financially free one day I'll have what I want and I remember saying to a school friend so in 1994 it must have been so first year at high school for me I think the national lottery must have come out and one of my friends was reading the newspaper as he did because he was a big football fan so he had a newspaper and he was reading it and he's saying this you know it'll make you a millionaire and I said I'm not bothered I'm going to be a millionaire anyway you know whatever and he says well it says here that you'll um, you need 10 million to have the lifestyle of a millionaire these days I was like all right then I'll have 10 million whatever and then he's like yeah but when we're older and I'm like all right 50 million then I'll have 50 million by age 35 or whatever you know and it was a bit of a bet that I made at high school when I was 11 or 12 but believe it or not that defined quite a lot of my big decisions so I, I you know I was in a job when I was like thinking I'm never going to get to 50 million if I stay in this job so I quit the job you know and like I was doing I started a certain business it was going well but I was like this is never going to get me to 50 million so I stopped it started a new business and weirdly that 50 million by 35 or this idea of retiring by 35 drove so many of my big life choices from this weird stupid high school bet but you know I did become a multi-millionaire about three or four months before my 35th birthday so you know like this whole obsession for 20 years of retiring by 35 you know it was embedded in your mindset but yeah well the you fact ultimately it made it happen yeah yeah so so it's crazy stuff like that and um you know i kind of have this new goal now of being a billionaire by 60 and i think it's crazy to imagine and you know but i've got 15 years or whatever i've got left 13 years to do that that to me feels totally feasible i, I can i've planned it backwards about how i'm going to do it and what i need to do and the decisions and the actions that i take today whether it seems scary or risky but in my head it's like but you're not going to be a billionaire if you don't do this so do you believe that if you picture yourself for example you as a billionaire and you picture yourself like achieving your, the goals that you have does it make it almost less of an impossibility it makes it like it can be a reality if you picture it so much in your head like I've heard about things that you know like affirmations and things like that if you tell yourself you're going to do this well again it's one of these subtle differences 
a very small difference but there's a big difference in the result where so visualizations is an important part of achieving success it's kind of proven it's known but then there are people out there that think okay i just have to do the visualizations and everything will happen but it's not like that it's such mm. a small difference so it's like well here's one here's one huge difference i mean visualizing the outcome isn't going to magically create the outcome visualizing yourself doing the work that's that's a small difference but it works you know so actually it's not visualizing the result it's visualizing the process so you know when a sports star is visualizing they don't visualize being on the winning podium and getting a medal they visualize this you know do, doing the technique and doing the, all their routines and doing all of those things that make it a success to winning just becomes a small part of it in the end because yeah. it's the whole kind of process that goes up to that so i'd never say and say to someone like oh you just have to visualize it like visualizations is one technique for achieving success and actually the difference between visualizing the result versus visualizing yourself doing the work and the process and becoming comfortable with what you've got to do small difference but massive massive impact so I do believe in it and I do to a degree do it it's weird I do certain things when I'm stressed different to when I do certain things when things are going well so I don't do them all all the time but there are times where I think you know for example we did a conference recently and I had to be on stage and present a bunch of stuff which I hadn't really rehearsed for or what have you so the day before just visualizing it thinking it through and then you know less nervous about it because the day that I rock up and have to perform I've been through it already in my head a few times so visualizations help for certain things what are the kind of main things you do when when you do get stressed because I can imagine especially having your own business that that comes with a lot of stress at times is there any sort of kind of coping mechanism that you do when you are stressed <laughs> yeah well this you know i do all the self-destruct self-sabotage coping mechanisms which are not good for me which you know like stress you know you might out, probably drink too much eat too much lack of sleep lack of exercise all that horrible stuff you know it's by no means perfect but when i recognize those traits and it's like okay well actually go and go for a walk clear your head meet up with a friend and talk about something completely unrelated but there are things like writing stuff down um putting a plan together speaking to yeah speaking to certain people can inspire me and so there's a bunch of stuff but it's the usual stuff i think if you were to google now 10 things to get rid of stress you'd get the same list you know sleep better eat better drink more water exercise hang out with people friends cut out bad stuff it's not it's not the knowing what to do it's the actual doing it and it's the actual sort of having the dis- the, the horrible thing about say stress or feeling down and all those things is that the things that solve it are, even if you know them that they're, they're the last thing on earth what you want to do when you feel like that so when you're stressed the last thing you want to do is go to bed and sleep or go for a nice walk and wake yeah. up with a glass of water exactly and you, you know you end up doing all the things that are these sort of bad habits so you end up compounding it and making it worse and all those things so I don't know how have you kind of because I suppose you've just mentioned there you go into the self-destruct but you obviously must have a point where you it doesn't go to the self-destruct because you're a successful business person you've managed to continuously do that so is it just something that you have in your mind when you get to a point you're like right no but come on I need to you know focus my mind on this or how do you snap back into being or keeping focused instead of just staying on that pathway of self-destruct? It's kind of like, I suppose anybody has a certain amount of accountability and responsibility, you know, and I've got a family, I've got kids, I've got bills to pay, I've got staff, really. One of the big things that holds me to to drive what I do is that you've got staff who rely on you. Like, it's probably the ultimate accountability that I have, really. Do you feel like you put pressure on yourself because of the fact you've supporting a family, you've got staff to support now? Is that well, pressure? Yeah, yeah well, but, but, but I've never seen pressure as a bad thing. I think, like, when I, do you know what? I only really started using the word stress in the last two years. I, I, I wiped it out of my vocabulary at probably age 22, 23. I got a certain job and somebody said to me, stop saying stress and call it pressure. And it does make a difference how you change your language. It does change your reality. And I used to always say oh you know I'm under a lot of pressure to do this whereas now when I say oh I'm stressed it feels different and it's just so bizarre that your language can do that to you so I'm comfortable with pressure I think pressure brings out the better in me you know it it would be weird to never have pressure 
you know, to never have to step up, to never push your comfort zones, to never have to, you know, like say, be responsible and be accountable. So I guess there are structures around me that make me come back to the real world and say, right, you know, you've got to step up, you've got to do this, you've got to solve it, you've got to whatever. It's probably not my own, my own willpower. I think the the thing that stops the self-destruct is kind of things see, around seeing yeah. people around me, yeah. Which sometimes I actually create those things because I know, you know, I'll commit to something because I'll know that'll hold me to account. Right. Okay. But yeah, like the um, yeah, there just are times where there comes a point where I think, is this what I want? You know, I, I I want to be happy and I want to have an easier lifestyle and. Uh, achievement and success and things that come with it I want that so there, there is a bit of a breaking point where you just think like a bit of a wake up call like this is not good for you what the hell are you doing you know get back to positive self improvement mode because I find it and I bet a lot of people almost find it bizarre that well I'm saying some people probably not the entrepreneur people but some people will probably find it bizarre that you've had your successful business some people could see that as okay you know you don't need to work for the rest of your life now and then so I'm guess what I'm saying is I bet that business was stressful that you had your stress in that and the pressure in that yeah what's made you want to do that all again is it the love for the the passion for the creating a business or everything that kind of is bought to it because I I bet there's There's a a lot lot of positives as well as the pressure yeah there's a lot I can sort of unpick that question and answer in a different way so there were stresses and hard times and tough times and risks and things like that and things that were not enjoyable and I often you might have heard me say like nobody in the right mind would do what I do because it is not fun but and I remember quite often saying, you know, it takes 10 times more money and it's 10 times more work and it takes 10 times longer. But when it works, it's a thousand times better than you ever imagined. And there is this sort of risk reward thing that goes on. And, you know, I do want to achieve these things for my own ego as much as anything. But um, I think it's just the way society is set up that certain industries and certain certain skills and certain talents are disproportionately rewarded. So if an actor made a movie and they got paid a few million pounds and then they went and did another one you wouldn't be saying oh yeah but you've made it you've achieved what you wanted you'd say no you're an actor of course you've got to go and act well to me building businesses is like a builder building houses yeah you finish one and yeah it's probably tough to go to that first site dig out the foundations lay the first brick when you've just spent the last few years building this labor of love and and growing it well I guess most people don't look at a business the way that I do. I just see something that's quite, you know, a mechanic will see a car different than I do. They'll be able to pick it apart and understand the things going on. I just see a business as something that anybody could go and start and build, whereas a lot of people, it's just the place where their job or whatever. But every single business that you look at ever, somebody somewhere had an idea and said, I think I could do that. That's really interesting and that completely understand that relating it to another industry because I suppose if you weren't to well I wouldn't uh, do anything else would yeah. I? I, I'm not going to go and all and you of a sudden be a not do anything developer. either as no. well because I can and imagine that would well, that's one of the drive big, you've been saying well, well that's one of the biggest things as well so I suppose a lot of people will look at business owners and say okay well they built a business over 30 years and they retired financially free or wealthy or bankrupt you know it's a very big part of it so people will look at a business owner and think that's an entrepreneur but it's not you know i i will create businesses time and time again for the love of the business i'm not somebody who trained as an accountant worked at a big accountancy firm one day had no pressure because my kids have left home and i'm successful and i've got a pension so i might as well start my own accountancy firm with no risk i know what i'm doing it's not actually that that's not entrepreneur well it is entrepreneurial but they're not an entrepreneur they're an accountant who has to now and again be entrepreneurial whereas somebody like me who for the you know it's a little bit like it's, it's it's a curse as much as it's a sort of blessing but it's like what it, do you mean by that well like you, you know you have this idea and you want to put it into practice and then you get distracted by the next idea you know every the entrepreneurs around me so putting the business owners aside putting the consultants and the coaches and the mentors and all these people who are you know not, you know I'm, I'm talking about the entrepreneurs who 
sort of a consistently risk takers, consistently innovators, consistently adding value, solving problems, creating, generate you know generating wealth and and, and through, through market opportunities and spotting those opportunities. So those people who are consistently doing that time and time again, those entrepreneurs, they are all slightly on some sort of spectrum of be it ADHD or they're dyslexic or they've had certain upbringings and certain life-changing events they're not the people who went and got an MBA at the top universities worked at some top consultancy firm and graduated these top schools top, that's not they're not the entrepreneurs the entrepreneurs are the Bransons who quit the Zuckerbergs who quit the Steve Jobs who quit you know they are the people who are you know we don't hold in society we don't hold up these like people who got a first in their MBA as pioneers and heroes of the business world we hold up these people who think differently ultimately and the risk takers I guess as well because there's like you said before the people that have you know left a job and well for example you you had to take a massive risk when you first went and like worked for yourself well I started my first business it was pretty much in in the middle of a recession I had a kid on the way but for me and this is how most change happens the pain of staying the same was more than the pain of change now the pain of change was more than the pain of staying the same not the other way around the pain, <laughs> pain of staying the same was less than the pain of staying, whatever it was so obviously me staying in that job where I was travelling I was doing sort of 40 hour 50 hour well I was probably doing like 50 60 hour weeks and ultimately I was making somebody else rich whereas I had this desire to start my own business and the kid on the way thing made it easier for me whereas some people see that oh that's a risk because I've got these new responsibilities where I was thinking you know I don't want to be traveling away from home all the time with a new baby so I actually it makes more sense that I can build a life on my terms so how you frame risk is is massive I mean I see all these people saying it's too risky for me to do that whereas for me it's it's risky to not do it you know I don't want to wake up at 90 and look back and think oh I could have done it I should have done it what would have happened so for me the risk of not doing it is greater than the risk of or I might lose a few quid and have to go back and get a job again in a few months or I might have to get a loan or I might have to be a little bit embarrassed in front of my friends who told me so you know like th- th- those things don't feature on my radar I'm not I don't really care what people think I don't really I'm not really worried about sort of a, a small financial loss the bigger risk for me is regret waking up my one life was spent doing something that I didn't want to do ultimately and it's too late to do anything about it yeah would you recommend then if somebody's got that burning desire in them or has always wanted to do something else and they are doing no matter what age they are or situation they are in would you always say to them take the risk no no I would I would I, well this is the point I'd never say take the risk I'd say you need to think about risk differently and actually if it's riskier to do that you know, for some people it's the risk would be too great like you know like that's what I'm saying for me what to other people looks risky what I do to me it's less risky right so it's, so it's how I perceive the risk I'm not you know I'm not crazy some sort of weird sadomasochistic like person who wants to create pain and turmoil and chaos in my life actually it's it makes more sense to me to take these risks because the bigger risk is not doing it. So, so that's why. And I suppose that would probably have caused you more pain in the long run if yeah. you were to look back and think, "Why didn't I just do yeah, it?" Yeah, the regret of the group. The, you know, for me, it would be seeing somebody who I think is less capable of me being more successful than me. That would break my heart. That, that, that I would think I could have done that. You know, and I and I actually know quite a lot of people who sort of in the late fifties and sixties who have said that to me. You know, they were offered an opportunity and they turned it down for the safe route, and now, you know, they regret not doing it. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, by the way, who have failed massively, and it's not as bad as you think. So you create this thing in your head. And by failed, you mean like financially? Or? Oh, yeah, financially and reputation, and just in their own personal expectation of themselves. But like, yeah, you know, bankrupt or whatever. But the point is when you're sat here looking forward thinking oh I could fail I could lose everything all the rest of it you create this really fearful vision of what that must be like but those people who've been through it actually it wasn't that bad it's it's just one of those things that we create a fear in our head more than it is Um, I've seen this recently was in Disneyland Paris last week and my son getting all worked up about going on a ride and after he's been on it it wasn't that bad wanted to go on again (laughs) and the fear is in your head and that's the other thing so like an entrepreneur's journey is quite often about 
understanding risk and understanding fear and understanding all these weird things that we're not taught at school you know we're taught at school to conform and comply and to become good workers get a career for life and all those things because that's what school was in the victorian era how can we get more productive people to work in factories and then how can we get more people to work in these roles and that roles but the future or the, the world of an entrepreneur is very much the opposite it's actually how can we be more resilient to failure at school you're taught not to fail was i literally fail more times than i care to remember but people only look at the few times it worked out um and nothing ever happened the first time as well. Well, nothing good ever happened no, the first if, time. No, you know, it's either it takes an incredible amount of luck to get it right first time or, you know, like I say, you've been denied the joy of entrepreneurship. You've been denied the pain and the horrible things that, you know, actually shape your character and your resilience and all those things. You, you just happen to have got lucky and good for you, but it's not the journey. So you've met quite a few other entrepreneurs I'm guessing along the journey of your yeah. your business and your career have you has it been nice to be able to speak to them you know about the journey and about the career because I can imagine that when it's your own business can it get lonely at times in the sense yeah. I, know, I know you've got a team around you and you've got your family around but in the sense of you know it, it's all in it's all in your head yeah. all the ideas and everything are, are there and you're you're yeah. the one that's having to make all the final decisions. No, it is, it's incredibly lonely, and they say it's lonely at the top and stuff, but it's like, it is incredibly lonely, even when you're surrounded by, by people, and I don't think I can explain it, because I don't know if lonely is the right word, but you do feel like what you just said there, it's all in, you know, it's in your own head, you're holding it in your own head. And I can talk to people who get it, like most of my friends are business owners, because they get things in a way that, non-business owners wouldn't get you know and that's it's not being sort of derogatory about anybody but like I'm, I'm sure I wouldn't be able to relate to a footballer's lifestyle you know so, so people if I was to talk about cash flow issues or staff issues or you know big decisions about new premises or about selling a business or about buying a business or about a loan or whatever you know if I was to talk about that there's just certain people who can relate to it without you having to get across all the or, or you know all the all the emotion that goes with it you know so yeah I've got some incredible people around me who are uh, you know and it's again it's not about the success it's not about the result it's more about their character and what they've been through and what they do um, but people around me who you're have, able to ask questions and yeah, vice versa and yeah you know and if it's going good or bad have yeah. them to support yeah as and well. the funny thing is like with most things in life you had the answers yourself they were just somebody there to sort of sound it out and reflect it back at you and then when you hear yourself talking you realise oh yeah I know what I want to do deep in my heart I had somebody yesterday asking me a question and she answered it herself her body language and everything about it she knew you know it, I mean the question specifically was whether to work with a certain business partner to take on a business partner or carry on being in business on her own and just the way that she asked the question she answered it yeah, for herself yeah and I've had that a lot of times you know and I say that I joke to my mentors now I say oh you know I might ask you this question once or twice a year but I'm going to do what I want anyway and they know that you know it's just having somebody there who you can uh, talk to who you can relate to but and but I think you, that's important in every aspect of life I think just to have a conversation that's a bit more yeah. open or a bit you know you're asking like you said asking the right questions and making the person figure it out for themselves in a sense like sometimes you just need somebody to listen you just need to have a little well the answer's probably more important than that really it's probably it's probably took it down a different route there by saying yeah I've got friends who I can talk to and relate to there is this theory in in self-help where you become the average of the five people you hang around with the most and I would kind of learn that at early age and just a I just think good parenting that my mum taught me not to get in with the wrong crowd and to cut out certain people who were toxic or not good for me so I've always been quite picky over hanging around with the right people but in business you know can you imagine trying to run a massively successful business when all your mates all they do is moan about their boss moan about mm -hmm. their life moan about their salary moan about I don't know when the next computer game's coming out or it's been delayed or their festival tickets or whatever. Well, you know, I, I, the people who I talk to, they are talking about, I've just bought this business or I've just sold this business or I've just done this or that and I've just done, I've just launched in America. I've just, so 
it shapes your thinking about what you believe is possible the people around me are doing incredible things and it shapes my belief that i can do that too whereas if i was hanging around with people who sort of thinking smaller or thinking in a way that doesn't meet my goals and ambition and values then so i suppose it, it doesn't open up them thoughts for you if yeah. you're not surrounded by them people if you are surrounded by people who aren't on the same on a, on a similar pathway to you or yeah and that's why when I do meet some people who have achieved what I wanted to what I want to achieve I do kind of make a point of striking up a relationship so that I can learn from them just from being around again going back to the first point learn what their thinking is I don't ask them for answers I learn how they approach a certain problem or question or whatever and I think when you learn how someone thinks um, like I say it's infinitely powerful it's exponential results so I'm just going to go back to, because you just mentioned then the things your mum had taught you about, you know, the people all around you and things. And you've mentioned to me before about, for an example of you watching adverts on the telly and your mum saying yeah. to you, like, you know, you can go and do that. Do you think the way that your mum was with you when you were younger, that has shaped you yeah. to be the way you are today? Yeah, massively. My mum did give me a lot of self-belief. I think it's actually one of the most important things about my upbringing or about everything that I've done. So in our world of self-development, where it's like you talk about a growth mindset of having this self-belief that you can do whatever you put your mind to. And that's just one of the things that people used to say around me, like, you know, Adam can do whatever he puts his mind to. And Yeah, my mum... I mean, my mum grew up sort of, you know, she didn't have a great education. She came to this country when she was, I think, 12, um, not great at reading, writing, spelling, numbers, those things. And um, I think she just wanted better for her kids, wanted better for me. And, you know, I was quite good at school, so she encouraged me to, you know, uh, believe in myself. And I was never pushed academically. I think, actually, you know, I look... I remember there was a time in my life where I think oh, if I had been pushed I could have got better grades better this better that whereas obviously now I look back and think I'm glad I didn't because I probably would have got a good job and got comfortable <laughs> but, um, but yeah no, my mum did give me a lot of self-belief and um, it's it's one of those things that you know you can't you can't you know not, not all of us had the same upbringing so I, can't, I don't want to say that's the unique thing that means that somebody can do it but like for absolute certainty self-belief is probably the number one most important thing that you ever need to have ever and I had it when I was a kid and but there was a period of my life where I lost it I think people around me had maybe made me doubt myself question myself bad bosses always put you down failures you just get to a point where in your adult life that you're, you're surrounded by things didn't turn out the way you wanted and I lost my self-belief for a long time how did you restore that then once you've lost it the truth the truth is and I don't often admit this but the truth is I went to see sort of um, well I had a mentor and he sort of pointed out to me he's like Adam you've got you know loads of head shit going on you need to sort that out and I went to see a coach who sort of walked me through my thinking and, and reinstilled my self-belief basically or like basically not it wasn't really about my self-belief it was me working out what my problem is and realizing that actually my self-belief is the most important thing to me and i know now i'll never ever 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 lose my self-belief no matter what happens to me ever it'll never ever ever go away like there's just no doubt in my mind about that whereas there was definitely a time where i mean i'll ask you now whether this it's not about you but put you on the spot now like out of out of, out of 10 how much do you believe in yourself um uh, i'd say i'd believe in myself more uh, than from the past year than i did like two three years ago yeah. but that's i don't know I, I wouldn't say it was a 10 <laughs> but it absolutely must be at yeah. all times but i think i'm definitely learning that and i think that's what I've enjoyed so much about working here and I know we kind of go like we do coaching and but it it is like you said then it's about it's about having that self-belief and it's about asking yourself questions and you know really understanding how you feel and what you want and I I think think the good thing for you here is you're very appreciated your work's valued it's for rewarding and fulfilling and I can imagine you know but but that's my point you can anybody can find themselves in a career or a place in their life where you lose that self-belief and it's not really anyone to blame it's just 
that's life. Life is kind of a bit shit and a bit suffering. I think it's almost becoming a bit harder to conti- like to have that self belief when you. I mean, it's probably been mentioned in majority of the podcasts, but you know, social media has been a massive thing, and that was probably something that made me have a like completely lose my self belief because it was all about oh, but I'm not good as good as X, Y, and Z at what I do, and that was a big thing for me. But I've learned to look at that in a different way now. So, it, well, the thing is, like, yeah, okay, social media exists, and there's a thing there to look at. And then before this, magazines were blamed, and before this, TV, and before this, you know. So there's always something, but ultimately, what it is is your expectation, and that's you. That's not the the media or the magazine. It's your own expectations, and it's and, what you take from it as well, which yeah. is massively what I've learned. Yeah, I mean, when you do see behind the real scenes of these people's lives, they are never as good Glamorous as they, seem. As they yeah. make out, and that and that. You know, and it's again. That's equally as sad that that somehow gives us our belief back that it's realizing behind the curtain. It's not what we thought. It should still come from within, not from without. It shouldn't be that okay because their life was good. I felt down. Now that I know their life's not as good, I feel a bit better. It's just irrelevant. I think it's also what I've learned about is, and this has been through self help books and recommendations off you. <laughs> the fact that it's all about you like you need to work on yourself it doesn't really matter about anybody yeah. else like obviously it does but you i'm not saying don't care about anybody else but it, like you have to look after yourself first like you mm-hmm. have to care about yourself and really understand you as a person and who you are and i think you know, for example the book that i have reading at the moment miracle morning which was a recommendation of you i think well, it's on my yeah, reading that, <laughs> you know that's just massively influence me to do a bit of meditation and it's just all about like having self-belief all about what you think about yourself and believing in yourself rather than this whole world that of social media for example that might make you focus a lot of your attention on other people yeah well that's where i think self-belief is the most important thing because it's believing in yourself that you can do what you want to do you know so if there's something out there that you want to go and learn or go and try or achieve believing in yourself is the sort of key to it all but that's that's why i put as much emphasis on things like resilience because it's not going to always go the way you want it to go you're going to get setbacks you're going to get things going you know you can't control everything about the external world so things like having this mental grit this mental ability to deal with adversity deal with suffering and again that's why it does come back to you because it's all in your head and how you talk about it consider it how you plan and strategize to get out of it so there's things like that things like being you know i've talked to you about delayed gratification and putting off things now for a better future sacrificing now you know anybody who's ever achieved anything sacrificed at some point for a better future and Mm -hmm. you know I, i live my life by a motto of to spend a few years doing what most won't so I can spend the rest of my life doing what most can't and that beautifully sums up entrepreneurship really you do a lot of hard work and a lot of risk and a lot of things that people are not prepared to do but then you get the reward of being able to do what they can't do and that is pretty much delayed gratification in a nutshell when your friends are out you know spending all their money going on holidays buying a lot of crap that they don't need whereas you're saving and you know one day you got a great house and they're sat there going houses are so unaffordable it's not rocket science it's you know being a question in why they bought that 20 pound paella and the yeah. 50 pound bottle of champagne exactly. <laughs> so the delayed gratification is an important one for me and things like focus as well like say i think that my natural tendency is to get easily distracted and move on to new things so focus has been something i've had to learn again through a mentor i met someone who was successful asked him his secret how did he do it his one word would be focus so started applying that to my life um there's a bunch of stuff like that and then again i think that emotional intelligence and going back to again school teaches us general intelligence teaches us academic intelligence and this is what we're tested on whereas actually i pretty much think that most of my success has come down to understanding people understanding like you said before putting myself in the customer's shoes putting myself in my staff's shoes putting myself in you know whatever relationships being able to see things from somebody else's point of view is pretty much the answer to most things. When I was talking about problem solving before, pretty much the answer to most things is how do other people see this? What am I missing? What 
if I saw it from their point of view, what would I want to expect? And that's pretty much the answer to everything, really, psychology. So I would say emotional intelligence, but that could be em empathy, it could be uh, various aspects of that. But I basically wanted to ask you about, because I know we've had a conversation about it before, but I thought it was really interesting, and I think that it's... and I mean, there's, there's it's probably some traits that we've already mentioned, or definitely mentioned, but it was when we were talking about, you know, what what skills and what things are you teaching your your kids and like life lessons are you teaching your kids and stuff but I mean I probably said it in a sense of thinking you'd say you know oh think businessy and like think yeah. entrepreneur style but I thought what I found really fascinating and great was that it was things you know like self-belief and like emotional intelligence and yeah. I guess how do you teach your kids them skills in life yeah, well, I, I guess there's a why and there's a how, and it, I think I've probably answered the why about, you know, the future of work, the future of business, the future of society is not about your grades and your certificates and how well you can remember things. You know, school teaches us to regurgitate knowledge, whereas you've got Alexa and Google and all the rest of it, and you can get access to any knowledge ever. So I don't focus on telling my kids to be better at remembering things and passing tests. I'd rather teach them things that... Like I said, I think that the true success comes from things like self-belief and confidence, things like being able to have delayed gratification, focus, resilience, those sorts of things. So I do try and teach them things like that. And the answer to how is it, it, there are situations in life where, you know, my kid might get frustrated that something's not gone their way and rather than shout at them for being naughty and punish them I'll talk to them about well why do you feel this way control your emotions da 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 so that emotional intelligence thing that I was talking about I'd rather give them the skills to understand emotions understand why other people are feeling the way they're feeling rather than well it's so easy to shout at them and get annoyed at them for doing something naughty or whatever or angry you know rather than just actually explaining it to them because um, I suppose as a kid you don't really know why you're getting shouted at if you're getting shouted at in a situation so yeah. if you're explaining well, why okay. then you well, know, okay. do you learn a lesson from it I'll give you a perfect example of that and this comes back to everything I've talked about so far so a small difference can make a big impact in the result so I could praise my kid for getting a good result on a, on a test I mean today actually he's he's been examined today or whatever he's up for a test to whether he gets his pen license which means he doesn't have to use a pencil he gets a license to use a pen for his English so he's he's my really my god so he's going to get a license to kill in karate <laughs> <laughs> and a license to use a pen no license to kill is not an actual thing but like <laughs> license to use a pen so for example on the way to school this morning I'm saying you know not I'm not doing like a it's the taking part that counts sort of speech but I am saying to him you know try your best and if you don't get it it doesn't matter because you did your best you know so it's what I'm focusing on there is not the knowledge not let's sit down the night before and practice using you know let's practice your handwriting over and over and over that to me wasn't important what was more important was the principles of try your best if it doesn't go your way you couldn't have done any more anyway you know dealing with setbacks failure dealing with what the embarrassment of it of if other kids get it and you don't and dealing with being a you know what if you get it and your friend doesn't so therefore being you know like a a good winner and stuff like that and not bragging and being sensitive to their situation so that's pretty much where all the conversation went so how do i teach the kids it's not like i'm consciously oh here's the handbook here's the lessons that i want to teach the kids it's just natural to me to focus on the resilience the self-belief the dealing with adversity the emotional intelligence side of things just because i believe in those what i'd call principles or what i'd call character far more than i mean there's no version of me sitting him down now and saying like let's learn a profit and loss or a balance sheet or you need to be good at business therefore you need to know these principles or these sorry i shouldn't say principles these tactics techniques this knowledge because he'll learn that when he's age appropriate to absorb it probably when he's like 16 17 and doing business studies he'll probably have an interest and it's relevant to his life i'm not going to sit there and force him to do business stuff it's just no relevance but on the other hand they do drop it you know i'm a little daughter she's only four i mean but when she's three and she gets like a 
an ice cream set and I'm teaching her about pricing and about (laughs) (laughs) how to market it this one's got a flake on it so you can charge more yeah yeah, stuff like (laughs) that so I do drop in these subtle hints into the games where I do teach them certain ways of being a marketer or a salesperson or thinking about finance and wealth so I do subtly drop it in but it's not this that to me isn't as important as teaching them things like self-belief and emotional intelligence resilience those sorts of stuff I think that's amazing and I think they're such important like life lessons to know and I think it's that's definitely gonna you know shape them to be the people that they are in the future which is amazing well think about work in the future it's you know it's it's gonna be about how good you are as a leader uh, creative you know, sort of believing in their own ideas. You know, when I was when he was a kid, when Ethan was uh, like two, three, four, I used to read him. I make up a story every night about this character called Ideas Boy, where these superheroes would be called to save the day, but they didn't have a good enough idea, so they'd go and get Ideas Boy, and he'd give the Hulk and Superman and all these characters. He would give them the idea, and he'd be the real hero of the day because I wanted to just drive home this one message of believing in his ideas. Um, I love that that needs to be a book yeah I know I should do it <laughs> ideas yeah. man coming soon <laughs> yeah well they kind of joke at home now that I'm ideas man which I don't know like going back to before about am I creative am I a problem solver or whatever I think ultimately we all have good ideas it's just some of us have been taught that they're not good and to not believe in them whereas actually I've been taught go and see where that idea goes I remember reading something recently and it was about harnessing the child in you and allowing that child in you to to come out and i think well, what was it about play was it more yeah. about play yeah. yeah so it would have been an essential yeah probably. yeah and i found that really interesting because yeah. i mean everybody says like oh you know some people lose a child in them and you shouldn't lose you shouldn't lose that child in you but i guess that's when it becomes you imagination your ideas and things like that that's what we're born to do we're born to play and when, when we play as children it's teaching us adults lessons you know like you see kids fighting and tickling each other or you tickle kids and they're trying to avoid I mean ultimately what they're doing is learning how to protect the vulnerable parts of their body where they're fleshy and could get stabbed or eaten or whatever play taught us everything we need for survival and I've probably you've probably heard me say in the office you know I feel like my job is I'm like a kid I wake up and think what am I going to play with today you know if it used to be stickle bricks and lego or whatever whereas today it's a landing page or an email campaign or a whatever we're gonna do that's what i massively enjoy about it i mean we're currently sat in the office which is surrounded by whiteboards full of (laughs) inspirational scribbles Scribbles, and like ideas all over the wall but that's what i love about it and i think that i've been so grateful to kind of see all these ideas and imagination and then actually see it come to life as well i think that's like the most exciting part of it i think that's what people need to do they need to keep looking until they love what they do and it feels like play and for many people you know that could be doing accounts that could be building that could be whatever you know like whatever your passion is but I, I would I would say you know like you spend a third of your life asleep and you spend a third of your life sort of at work and then and probably your best hours of the day where your most energy you know all, all your best hours are, are spent at work and then you spend a bit of time between work and you spend the best years of your life at work and then you you know when you're retired and old and whatever and can't not got the same energy so i think it's so important that you do enjoy your work and that comes back to again what i was saying before about risk for me it was a bigger risk spending my career doing something that i didn't enjoy that wasn't me that wasn't rewarding or fulfilling and actually i was living for the weekend or living for my holidays whereas now you know i was saying about making your life so good that you don't have to go on holidays and it's true like i go on holiday kind of to go and think about work to get out of the office for a little bit just to do some bigger thinking I don't go on holiday because I need a break yeah it's not to kind of escape the office it's more just yeah so I think like it's, it's probably I mean I know this podcast is generally about mental health and things like that and well-being so it's probably the number one thing for most people is finding something that they find rewarding and fulfilling and that they feel is part of their sort of values and character and the, what the, how they see themselves you know when you when you do die and they're at your funeral and somebody's going to say some words this person with a a brother a son a father a friend or whatever whatever what are they going to say about you Um, for me I would love it that somebody said this guy was an entrepreneur he did start up consistently and whatever I don't want to be let's say somebody else would be 
they were a dentist, they're a taxi driver, they're whatever, whatever. Like you know, it's just one of those things that in our society, you know, when somebody goes on a game show, they say this is Bob from Newcastle. He's a truck driver. They didn't mention anything about anything else of his life, his name, where he's from, and what his career was. And that's quite sad. But like our career forms such a strong part of our identity. So I, I think it's probably where, you know, my kids will soon be at an age where they're at high school, and then they'll be at an age where they're living their own lives what will I have left so I can't live my life centred around my kids and I can't live my life centred around my wife I can't live my life centred around my friendship groups or my football team you know imagine that if my team lost and I'm sad like how sad that would be to centre your life around something outside of your control whereas if you centre your life around you and you're the fruit of your labour and the things that you can achieve like that's where I think true fulfilment comes from if you if you put it into other people you, you're destined to be let down Whereas, and, it, and I think the parents, I, I, pro, I imagine most people listening to this podcast aren't parents, but let's say, you know, when you, there are a lot of parents out there who always say my whole life is my kids. And I just think that's nuts. That's their life, it's your kids' lives, and you're playing a massive part in it, but ultimately your life is you. So I, I think it's important to center your life around what you find rewarding, fulfilling, and actually, ultimately, I'd be doing my kids a favor by showing them how to live a life centered around me and my achievements, you know, like being a good role model and achieving things for them so they well, can have Well, they're ultimately going to pass that down onto their kids as well, yeah. hopefully, so... I think the best thing you can do for them is not be obsessed with them and spoil them and do whatever. I think the best thing you can do is live a great life and show them. So I do think it's incredibly important that you do do something with your time and your career as in those best hours of the day best years of your life you should apply it to something that is rewarding fulfilling and one day somebody looks back and you've created a, a legacy of kind you know something that you can be proud of and that's that's to me not your kids that's not your football team doing well that's not your church you know like yeah that no is, I, th- I 100% you. agree and I think unfortunately a lot of the time when people aren't happy it it does a lot of the time stem down to the job and they're not happy in the job yeah. and and so yeah to do something you love we'll preach that <laughs> so just before we finish the podcast okay. and i know we've briefly mentioned a few of the self-help books but i know that you're massively into you've got a good long list of books yeah. that are i found very inspiring myself but if there's any that you would recommend to people that kind of are on that journey of self-discovery or that journey of self-help yeah well weirdly and actually i was talking to my son about it this morning it came up in the conversation about his license to use a pen or whatever um that i i probably by the age of 30 i'd only read five books in my life and they were probably like Roald Dahl's Magic Finger and a bunch of other crap like that you know nothing that's a pretty um, good book well it is a good book <laughs> a fantastic Mr Fox but um, no I, I wasn't really a massive reader but I'm lucky enough to be born in a generation where audio books came out and I massively got into Audible and listening to books which worked for me because um, I'm such a slow reader basically is the problem and I get bored and I don't really enjoy reading so Audible changed everything for me and I got to a point where I think I was aged about 32 and I'd read a few really important books that had been recommended to me and I realised every time I read a book my life changed so I read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People it massively changed my life I read things like Four Hour Work Week or Rich Dad Poor Dad and those to me are really fundamental books that everybody should read at some point but you've got to be at the point where you want to read it um, but there are two books that I'd recommend to anybody at any point in their life um, number one would be Life in Half a Second. I think it's just like absolutely brilliant. If I was going to write a book, that's pretty close to what I've, I would do anyway. Um, it's, it's about one life, shortness of life. It's about um, overcoming fear, self belief, all those sorts of things. So, Life in Half a Second, I think, is absolutely brilliant. And again, it's not a business book, it is just a book about achieving what you want to achieve, be it sport, be it whatever. Um, so, Life in Half a Second. And then the other book that I really love is Essentialism which is about minimalism it's about not being obsessed it's, it's very much about like a zen buddhist way of thinking about possessions not being as important to you as character and things like that but it's not in a really cheesy way so actually you know before i said about i met a guy who kind of preached focus and i was like actually that's something i'm lacking so i'm going to go and learn it and study it well essentialism is ultimately about focus it's about focusing on only the essential so doing less things but doing them better 
because my thing was doing many things and not doing them very well so actually I learned about doing less but better through essentialism because um, I massively took from that that well I think especially when I was working for myself I would well when I'm working work wise and social wise I'd often say yes to everything yeah. because you know I'd if, if my friends were going out or whatever I was like yeah we'd of course I'll come etc etc and I was almost got to a point where I didn't have that breathing space just to stop and think and you know say ask it's almost tells you to process the question and process whether you're going to say yes to it before you actually do yeah. that's what I massively took away from that well that's because of being centered around you and your sort of beliefs your values your character your you know things that are important to you rather than your friends or rather than your client or your boss or whatever you know if, if you know what you stand for and your principle then you can process those things and say no and no saying no learning to say no is a very powerful thing that again we're taught at school you have you can't say no and it's, it's you're almost taught that works. it's rude to say no in a sense yeah. and that it's like frowned upon to say no to certain things yeah. but that book almost says that people will respect you if you do say no for the well, one other of one other thing i love about that book is because like what i said before that i'm quite into shining new objects and getting distracted by things but actually weirdly counterintuitively when you focus on things it gives you more time to explore more things so I get to actually explore the many and execute the few so actually I get to see more opportunities and the ones that I then choose to run with and focus on are better whereas I was worried though if I get all focused I'm going to get bored and I'm not going to be but actually it's the opposite so it's about when you know yourself and you know your weaknesses and you know how to sort of compensate for your weaknesses and you know your strengths and you know how to double down and play to your strengths everything gets easier so it massively is about this knowing yourself self-belief all the stuff that we've talked about i think that's where it, all this sort of i don't want to say happiness but this contentment this fulfillment comes from so no thank you well i definitely recommend them books guys <laughs> go and get them i've got one question that is on my mind and maybe not uh, as such a serious question but i'm really intrigued how did your son get the license what did he have to do to get the pen license oh, he's just, he's just do neat handwriting and not smudge his work with ink oh my days that is bizarre what if you were left handed yeah they're screwed <laughs> <laughs> on that bob shell <laughs> so one last question and then yeah. uh, we will come to a close but basically I want to know what your mantra is and if there's like one thing you live by you mentioned before about live a few years like most don't to live the rest like most, most can't. can't so yeah. that's I guess a certain mantra but is there anything you kind of live by each day oh, I have loads I'm like the David Brent of entrepreneur world where I just say all these Hit cliches love a good day. mantra well I've, I have said a few all the time I like the less but better and explore the many execute the few and all those sorts of things but I don't know I suppose it depends on which area of my life I have a different mantra for what I, by the way a little side note about mantras as much as they can seem cliche and they can seem cheesy that they're actually really important because what it does it gives your brain a shortcut to the answer so rather than me think through my whole life about do i want to make sacrifices and who do i know that that worked for or whatever i just adopt it as a principle that actually a sacrifice now for a greater future is a worthwhile cause it fits with what i want for my life so these mantras are really important but i would you know if i had to pick one yeah I'd, I'd, well it's not really a mantra but I'll, I'll i'll go with the you've got to believe in yourself like that is the ultimate ultimate thing that i'd say to anybody it's the only thing that i live my life by but i have i have a mantra for everything i think that's a good thing i've got a few written around my room and i think what we just said then it's a fast track to yeah it's a shortcut for your brain yeah i, I find that mean. really interesting yeah. because uh, like one of them that's on my I, I, there's one that one that i have it's just something along the lines of be grateful for this for this day work hard be happy and be kind and that's just i like reading that every morning but there's another one that says um the mind is a powerful maybe not a mantra it's a bit of a saying but it's like the mind is a powerful tool when you think positive thoughts positive things will happen and often i will glance at that if i'm potentially not feeling the most positive and i will instantly feel a little more a little bit more happier and there are many mantras that i read and i just think well the important thing about a mantra is the the why behind it so you're right otherwise it's just a motto and a saying or something 
but the, the the thing that makes it sort of a mantra is it has meaning and it's something that you live by without question in a way mm. so if you believe that positive thinking results in positive then it is quite well it's quite a good thing to remind yourself of that because it almost switches your mindset then to think right yeah. come on snap out of these negative thoughts there's, there's just so many and I, I learned so many in, when I was playing a lot of poker but there's a great one in poker about not being results orientated and I think that's incredibly important that you can look at the result and think that oh somebody failed but actually the behaviour that got them there was the important thing um, so I don't, I'm not that results orientated I'm more bothered about you know the, the effort and the things that actually you do the result is sometimes is outside of your control so if you attach your happiness to the result then you, you, you again you're handing it into something that you can't control versus enjoy the process uh, which what I was talking about before really and again it's something that I do particularly with the kids I I don't focus on their result I focus on praising them for their effort and things like that and that's that's how you build self-belief so it brings it all together well thank you very much that's been lovely to talk to you as always but no I think the biggest thing to take away from that is the the self-belief side of things and that that is the most important thing and just to I've got to be careful about continuously saying you're only going to be happy if you go and start your own business and you end up le- <laughs> leaving working here but I think uh, as long as you keep learning and then if I ever start my own business I'll, uh, I'll ask you to be my business partner <laughs> there you go it'll be worthwhile <laughs> alright thank you very much bye